This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This 12-part series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. I still spend five or six hours a day reading. You can learn from other people and their, and their mistakes. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own time. Welcome to another episode of Get Started Investing by Equity Mates, a series of podcasts where we help you on your investing journey. This is for anyone that wants to start investing but really doesn't know where to start. Our aim is to break down the markets and make them accessible to you. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? It's very good, Bryce. Excited for this episode. Now we get stuck into the meat of investing. Absolutely. Always exciting to chat stocks and markets with you, Ren. And as you said, this episode, we really start to dig a bit deeper and really break down some of the bigger barriers that a lot of us face when we start to invest. And so it's all about understanding the basics today, Ren. So today we want to talk about three main things. We want to talk about what is the share market and how does it work. We want to understand what a stock is. What are you actually buying when you're investing? And then finally, we're going to talk about some of the different styles of investing. There's a number of ways to make money in the market. There's a number of different ways to think about investing. And what is really important is choosing the style that fits your temperament, that fits your lifestyle, and that is something that you can stick to. Yeah. Because consistency is is the key when it comes to investing and picking the right style for yourself is a key driver of that consistency. Now, we understand that at this point, Ren, a lot of people probably feeling a bit panicked and really still have no idea what we might be talking about or you know what's going on in the big bad world of investing. So There's a lot of episodes to go. There are a lot to go, <laughs> but I think the main message is do not panic because Ren and I have been in this situation before, and we hope by the end of this episode that we will have helped lay some solid foundations to understanding the very basics there is to the market. You know, these are are some concepts that will really help you on your way. So don't panic. Investing is a lifelong journey. Ren and I are still very much on it. Ren had to repeat a year of uh, his (laughs) investing journey. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get stuck in, Ren. The share market, otherwise known as the market, the stock market, the S&P 500, as some people may have heard it. ASX 200, all these sort of things. What is the share market? What are we talking about here? What are, what are we investing in? So the, the share market is where companies are traded. So you have a normal company, you have equity mates, the company. Yes. And we we do our thing. We, I don't know, make, make podcasts yep. and YouTube videos and people pay us and we're a company. <laughs> yes. That is a good definition yeah. of company, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Stay tuned, I've got a lot more of that kind of analysis. (laughs) So at at some point, uh, a company may decide to go public and that is essentially it. 
offers part of itself to the general public, generally to raise money. So we at Equity Mates companies say we want to start doing TV production as well. We yeah. want to do a half hour nightly finance show and we need $10 million to do it. So rather than going to the bank and saying we want 10 million bucks and them giving it to us, we can go to the the share market, we can go to the public and say, "Hey public, if you if you believe that this TV show is going to be a hit, we'll offer you part of our company and you can be a part owner in this venture." And what happens is the public give us 10 million dollars and then we get put made public on the share market. And then the public can then buy and sell those sections of the company. And so where that buying and selling takes place is the share market. Yeah. Now, in Australia, the main one is the Australian Securities Exchange. Yeah. Yeah, not stock exchange. It was the stock exchange up until a few years ago, I think maybe a bit more than a few years ago. But yeah, it used to be the Australian Stock Exchange, now the Australian Securities Exchange. Okay. Yeah, the but main market in Australia. Main, but not only. No. As, as we... I don't think I knew this before we started our podcast, but there was, well, there is at least one more. There's probably more that we just aren't familiar with. But the other one is the NSX, yes. uh, which was the Newcastle Stock, Stock Exchange, Exchange yeah. and is now the National Stock Exchange. Yes. Yeah. Probably not one that we need to worry about too much. I would say so. Do you have any holdings in it? Absolutely not. I don't think I will ever have any holdings in it for many reasons. But anyway, we can touch on that a bit later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, And so you might hear some other ones. You might hear about the New York Stock Exchange yep. or the NASDAQ in yep. America. And so really all you need to know is that they're just the place where these stocks are bought and sold. It's nothing more than a market, as the name suggests. Absolutely. So we know what the stock market is now and, and or the share market. And you mentioned there that it's a, a place where companies go to raise capital and they ask the public for $10 million. And in return, the public gets stocks. That's what you said. But what am I actually getting as a public investor, retail investor? What is a stock? What is a share? And what am I getting in return for, I guess, giving the company my money? So you are literally becoming a part owner in that company. To use our Equity Mates Company worked example. Yeah, yeah. So right now, Equity Mates Company, let's say we own 50-50. Yeah. And if Equity Mates makes a million bucks. Yeah which will be in our future, hopefully. True. next week. Yeah. <laughs> then we split that 50-50. You, yes. you get half a million dollars, I get half a million dollars. If we go to the market and say, we want to raise that $10 million and we're willing to give you half of our shares each to raise that $10 million, what that means is that your 50% becomes 25%, my 50% becomes 25%. And then what we've given up, that 25% each, so 50% of the company, is then in the public. And yeah. so then- the money that we're making as a company, we get our share, but the public also gets their share. And depending on how much money we're making, the public will decide what those shares are worth. So if we're killing it, then the public are willing to pay more for the share of our company and that share price increases. Similarly, if our TV show flops, if we find out that no one wants to watch a half hour show about finance. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> we make less money. Then the public will say, well, we don't want to own those shares and they'll try and sell them and people may buy them for less. And so the share price will go down. Mm. And so people often think about shares as these you know, isolated tokens that relate to a company in some abstract way. That's not how we think about them. They are, they are literally part ownership of a company and you are then entitled to what an owner is entitled to as a company. Yeah. 
and you know companies have millions or billions of shares so you're a very part owner very small fraction they're probably not gonna you know get you on the board or anything (laughs) (laughs) but that's what you are and so if their company has a billion shares you're entitled to one billionth of that profit as a shareholder yeah absolutely and as we said in the very first episode ren shares or stocks are the way that you become that owner part owner of a company and reap the rewards of them doing their absolute best to reward the shareholder in in terms of increased value over a longer period of time so You don't really receive anything physical, Ren. You're not going to get anything in the mail. You might get something from the exchange or from your broker saying, hey, you bought this stock, but you, you don't get anything to put on your shelf or anything like that. You purely- You can, I, make, you can make something yourself. Yeah, I guess you could go out into the park and get a stick and throw it on the shelf or whatever it may be. Wow. But yeah, I'm very creative. But um, <laughs> let it be known, Ren has, I think, what do you, you use coins, don't you? Hang them on the, from your ceiling for all your shares <laughs> that you go. have. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Ren's very them, tokenistic when it comes them, to these things. I look at them every night. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You polish them, <laughs> rub them, pray to them. That's Bitcoin, isn't it? What do you mean? That, that's Bitcoin. They're coins. <laughs> True. <laughs> so that's a stock. That's the share market. There are a number of different ways that you can choose to then invest in those stocks. Yeah. I guess a number of different styles or strategies you could say. So let's let's talk personal and then get general. So Ooh, let's get deep. <laughs> let's start very personal. I like this. What style of investor are you? So I will be frank and say that I. No, you're Bryce. <laughs> Bruce. So I will be Bryce. And to be honest, Ren, I don't think I am hard and fast set in my ways in terms of a style of investing, if that makes sense. I'm very much at a stage of incorporating a number of elements of strategies that I've learned along the way. So that that makes a lot of sense, but it does nothing to answer the question. (laughs) Well, I think the short answer is I I can't sit down and look you in the eyes and say, I am a value investor. I am no more aware of the different (laughs) styles of investing than when I asked the question. You said let's get personal. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So in terms of the broader styles of investing, you've got value and momentum, and we'll get into these in a second, and growth and those sorts of things. I can't conclusively say- won't conclusively say, I won't look you in the eye. I won't look you in the eye and say, I am a value investor. And that is because there are particular characteristics and methodologies that are part of all of these styles of investing that I just don't do and still learning to do. But I am aware of these value in, you know, growth, momentum, et cetera. And I'm I'm trying to incorporate elements that I think work for me. Well, given that you're being so evasive, let's start (laughs) general and then get personal. So you've labeled a fair few there. Yeah. So let's explain some of them. Dealer's choice. Okay. What do you want to what do you want to kick off? Well, let's start with value. I think value investing is one that I'm sure many people have heard of just by virtue of the fact that some of the greatest investors in the world follow this methodology or this strategy, a value-based strategy. Buffett started out his journey following a value-based approach. So value investing in its simplest form, Ren, I guess, is finding companies that are trading below their intrinsic value or the, the, the total value of the company. And I guess paying less than what it is worth. Yeah. So I guess in a nutshell, you're buying these companies, the price at which you can buy them changes, changes all the time when markets are open. And value investors try and buy a dollar's worth of value for 50 cents. And so the most obvious example, if we use our equity mates company example, if we're spitting out a million dollars a year and someone can buy our whole company for 700 grand, 
that's that's great value. You would buy that any day of the week. And so value investors take that same philosophy to the share market and they say, where can I find a company where I am getting my money's worth, where it is earning more than I'm paying for it? Or maybe the equity mates company, we might have $100 million worth of gold in our safe. That'd be awesome. Don't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> so we got $100 million worth of gold in our safe. Let's say that person bought our whole company for $700,000. They bought it for less than a million dollars and we've got $100 million worth of assets in our safe. When they buy us as a company, they buy they own those assets as yeah. well. So value investors are trying to find companies that are cheaper than they should be and they're trying to buy them. In the hope that at some point the market will then, I guess, price accordingly and the stock will rise closer to it. what would be classed as its true value, I guess. Now, that is not always the case, but that's, I guess, the whole idea of investing is you want to try and find the ones that are more likely to do that than others. And so, as I said, Ren, you know, this is a very old school style of investing that's been, you know, around for years and there are many iterations of it, but at its heart, it's about, as you said, finding companies that are trading less or buying companies for less than they're actually worth. Yes. Easier said than done. Absolutely. Yes. The flip side of that is finding companies that will become worth a lot more in the future. Yeah. And that that brings us to the second style of investing, which is growth. Yes. And so if value is all about looking at companies today and trying to find where they're cheaper than they should be, growth is all about projecting the future of a company and saying, I'm willing to buy this today because I'm confident that it will grow into the future and the share price will grow with it. And so again, if we use our equity mates company example, if we make a million dollars in profit today, but someone has an investor thinks we're going to make a hundred million dollars worth of profit in the next ten years, then you'd be willing to pay you'd be willing to pay for that because it's going to grow so fast and so much that in the future investors are going to pay more. Yeah, it's a pretty obvious strategy. It's a pretty clear, like clearly understandable strategy. You're backing the horse that's going to grow. Uh, yeah. You're looking for companies that are displaying above average signs, essentially. So you want to be looking for above average revenue growth, above average profit growth, above average growth in a number of key metrics. And those are the sort of companies that you would then classify in your growth strategy. Now, I think it's important, Ren, you mentioned their price. Value is all about the price at which you pay for an investment. Growth strategy, generally, you would not really necessarily consider the price you pay for it because, as you said, you're thinking further on down the track. So you might be paying for a company that is more expensive than it's actually worth, but you're anticipating that over time you're going to get reward for for paying that price. Yep, that's it. All right, well, we've covered a lot of ground, plenty to go. Hope you guys are getting a lot out of this. But before we do dive into it, uh, we're just going to take a very quick break and hear from our sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I guess 
if you think about the big companies that are around today, growth investors have done very well. Yeah. If you think of Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, they've all just grown incredibly over the last two decades. And so as an investor, didn't really matter what price you paid for them mm. 20 years ago. Mm. You just should have bought them. Mm. Yeah. You'll often find that growth companies are early on in their life cycle as well. You know, they might be a new disruptor to the market or they might be early on in their phase of new development in technology or whatever it may be. Whereas a value approach, you might be looking at companies that are much more established and for some reason or another, they've gone through a change and the market's penalized them in some way. So I like growth, Ren. I think I'm a bit better at than value because for me, growth, you can use a bit more macro sense in the sense of thinking about thematics and what's going on in the world and sort of picking industries rather than trying to pick direct stocks and then making decisions based on that. I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, growth, everyone loves growth when you pick it right and it has an amazing run. I understand both and I probably fall somewhere in between both Mm -hmm. of them. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll talk about the other strategies in a sec, but these are the two that I think make the most sense for me as an investor. So question then, what do you think you have been more successful from in terms of value or growth? And can you give an example of perhaps some stocks that you said, you know, I I genuinely believe I'm paying less for this, or maybe a stock that you thought I'm buying this because I see a trend that is going to really benefit this company and significant growth will come as a result. So I guess the big company in my portfolio was A2 Milk. Yes. So A2 Milk creates milk that doesn't have A1 protein. Probably buy it in a supermarket. It also makes a lot of infant formula and it has had an incredible growth story as it grows its market in China, especially. Uh, But it's also growing in the States and stuff like that. And the share price has just been on a great run because of that China growth story, because it's growing its revenue and its profit, because it's just selling heaps more dairy products in what is the biggest market in the world. Mm -hmm. And from memory, that was like one of your second or third investments, wasn't it? Yeah, that was my... So after my first of Slater and Gordon, it was my second. And what did you buy it for? 60 cents. What is it now? Uh, I think like $14. <laughs> huge returns. Huge returns. Yeah. So that's a classic indication of a growth company. Is there anything that you can pinpoint as being sort of value-based? So on the flip side, a company that has better value characteristics, I guess, would maybe be a company like Berkshire Hathaway. Now, they're Warren Buffett's company, so you also would expect a bit of growth out of the greatest investor of history. Yes, yes. But the company is worth about $500 billion. Maybe a bit less than that, but that's a fair bit of money. The company also has $120 billion worth of cash sitting on its balance sheet. And so if you say of the $500 billion that the market says the company's worth, if you take that $120 billion of cash out, then it's worth $380 billion. And then it it is a relatively cheap company for what Berkshire Hathaway actually holds. Yeah, right. So when you take into account the assets that it has in all that cash and you take that out of what you're buying and then you're just buying it for the companies, it's relatively cheap. Yeah. So those are probably the two major investing strategies. There's a few technical investing. People probably would have heard of day trading and sort of shorter term stuff. Now, we don't really play in that game, but by all means, jump online and and have a look around. There's a third one, Ren, that is quite popular at the moment, and that is momentum investing. Yes. Now, what is momentum investing? Is it something that you use? So I think that momentum investing slash day trading is 
really the what most people think about in the stock market. They think about this frantic buying and selling, you know. Oh, no, the stock's gone down 2%. Oh, it's gone up 1%. World's ending. Like, that. that's the perception I had about the stock market when I started. Yes, yes. And you get it because, like, that's what you see in movies. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, financial news and financial media is like, this is what happened today. This is what happened today. This yes. happened this hour. And the whole industry creates this feeling of, urgency and needing to act and like there's there's a reason that the industry creates that because for from a financial media perspective that keeps eyeballs on your tv or your radio or your newspaper and from a markets perspective there's all these companies out there all these investment banks that make money when you're trading Mm. they make money on activity regardless of if you're making money or not they want to see the cash registers ching they want to see companies being bought and sold and so there's an incentive to create like this frantic pace in the market that you need to try and keep up with. I think it's the wrong strategy, especially for beginners. And if I was trying to do that strategy, I would lose my shirt. So, Which wouldn't be, which wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> I think the biggest learning point for me in my early days as an investor is you can block out that noise. And whilst people will make money on momentum, and I think you're going to come in and give a different point of view in a second... I think the important thing to realize is that you don't need to you don't need to run at the pace at which the market wants you to run. You can run at your own pace and you can make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. So I tend to disagree with your definition of momentum there if you're relating it to day trading because I completely agree. Do, do day traders try and trade on momentum though? Yeah, they do. Yeah. But the broader strategy for, for momentum in my books is looking at stocks that are generally performing well and have a lot of, uh, I guess, demand coming into them over, say, three to six month period. Momentum investing is a strategy that you can overlay with, say, value investing or growth investing to almost help you. And I I don't want to say time the market, but to help you time your entry into a position. That's exactly what you're saying. You're saying time the market. <laughs> it's, it's helping you time your entry into the stock because at the end of the day, you don't want to be buying into a stock necessarily, depending on your strategy, that is in a downward trend because you could be losing money. So you can use momentum as a way of identifying when the stock is in favor. So let's split it out a little bit. So Value investing is all about the price that you pay for the company. Yeah. Yeah. Growth investing is all about the company's future prospects and how the company is growing in the years um, ahead. Momentum investing is a lot more around market psychology. Yeah. And you're looking less at the company itself that you're investing in and you're more looking at the activity around the company. Yeah. And so how momentum builds is that there's more and more buyers looking to buy into that company and they're willing to buy it at a higher and higher price. Yeah. And as demand continues to flow into the company, other market participants are trying to buy that company. That builds price momentum. The mm. price increases as these people are trying to fill their orders and mm. get their hands on this company. And so when you're talking about momentum, you're not talking about the momentum of the company itself no, no. in terms of equity mates company selling more stuff and growing our revenue, you're talking about the momentum in terms of investors trying to buy shares in Equity Mates Company and driving the price of Equity Mates Company shares up. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. yeah. Great summary there, Ren. And I think that's probably a good 
place to move on to the final two aspects of this basics and understanding, and that is to quickly touch on two terms, passive versus active. Now, we've probably heard a lot of stuff in you know, over the last 10 years about the growth of passive investing. And it's a, certainly a way in which a lot of people are now entering the market. I think it's probably worth touching on what both mean and maybe the, the differences and, and what it means as a, a beginner investor. I would say that the three styles we've just spoken about are active. Yes. So, so what does that actually mean though? Active is buy and sell decisions as you go. Yes. Actively selecting the stocks that you're choosing to hold and actively making decisions about how long you're going to hold them for. Yeah. So it's a hands-on approach. You've got to be across what you're buying. You've got to know when you want to sell. You're going to know what your goals are. And so that's why passive investing is becoming increasingly popular at the moment, Ren. And that's because passive investing is investing in a broad index where you don't really have to control what you're buying individual stocks. You don't control the weight of the stocks, the makeup of the index. You just buy into an index, which we'll touch on in a few episodes time. And and then you get access to a whole range of stocks. So you take away that, I guess, need to keep track of individual stocks in your portfolio. Yeah, it is the easiest way to make money over the long term because you literally are saying, I don't want to choose one company in Australia. I want to make a bet that every company in Australia, as an average, will grow. Yeah. So like the, you're making a bet on the, the market or the economy as a whole. And so you buy these funds that, as Bryce said, we'll touch on in future episodes. You literally buy a fund that gives you access to everything in a market. And then you just expect that that will grow over time. Yeah. Because historically, most share markets over the long term, now this is really important because you know, there are periods in which markets don't perform well. The GFC was one. The end of the tech boom in the early 2000s was another. There are times when markets don't perform well. But over the long term, if you're talking in decades rather than in days, markets generally average about 8 to 10% a year in growth. And so this passive style is about buying and holding for the decade-long time horizon and just taking advantage of that steady, consistent growth as companies get better at doing whatever they're doing, economies get more productive, there's more humans to add labor to the workforce, there's more capital to invest. You're just making a bet that over time, economies will get more efficient and more productive, which has been a winning bet throughout throughout human history, but you know, throughout the last century as well. Absolutely, Ren. So that brings us to the end of the episode. We've discussed what is a share market, what is a stock and how they relate to each other. We've also discussed the three main investing styles that we've sort of come across and the main investing styles, I guess, more broadly speaking. And then also we just touched on passive versus active as an approach to investing. So I really hope that helps break down some barriers even further, Ren. We're starting to get into the nitty gritty of it now. Always good to chat stocks and markets with you, unless you've got anything else to add. You can make money through any of those strategies. That's Absolutely. the important thing. There's yeah. not. It's not like here are the options. There's only one right answer. They're all right answers in their own right. And I think we've made it pretty clear that Ren and I both aren't hard and fast and stuck to one. I think- Except it's imp- I'm not a fan of momentum. That's fair enough, yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, th- understand, I understand the logic, yeah. but 
Yeah. I think it's clear that don't feel like you need to know which one to start with. You will find that as you start investing, you will come to realize what works for you. And that's more important. You know, you might find that the day trading is your thing that I think the main message is just get started, get stuck in. As Ren said, time is on our side. And it's probably one of the biggest advantages we have at the moment. So don't feel like you need to choose value versus growth before you even make an investment. So get stuck in. We will leave it there for now and chat next episode. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Get Started Investing is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The hosts of Get Started Investing may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. 